Hey guys, and welcome to the Candly Crew podcast. I'm your host, Chesley White. And I'm Marina Register. How's it going today? It's going well. It's Monday. Yeah. We don't, do we, yeah, we don't really record on Mondays, right? Yeah, we always record on Mondays. For Where some reason, been? that seems really <laughs> wild to me, and it feels like I'm just jumping into the week by so, chatting, which is fun. <laughs> I guess all this travel has uh, gotten you. A little yeah. thrown off here. Yeah. So I've Where been, have you been recently. Let's see. A Nashville and Atlanta last week. For the Hawaii, that was not for work. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Right. It was great. Um, but yeah, I've been to Florida. So like Miami, Tampa, Austin, Texas was a very cool town. And I had never been before. Yeah. Austin's so it's been amazing. fun. We travel around to different cities to go to visit different offices and meet partners. And I actually I had someone in the company a couple of years ago tell me about something else. She was like, Marina, you will never get to go on just like a road show to all the offices to chat with people. Cause that was, that's what I was pitching. Um, and then look at me now, like three years later, I'm literally you going on a road show to all the offices <laughs> to chat with people. So dreams can come true. Yes. Did you have some good food in all those places? Oh yeah. We definitely try and get really good food. My boss is a foodie. Oh, perfect. Which is super great. Yeah. So whenever we go, we try and find very cool restaurants. Our other thing now is to find hotels that have really good restaurants either inside of them or right beside them so that we don't have to really go anywhere. Uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Because we're starting to get a little... But yeah, for a second I was like, why would you want to do that? I'm like, oh, because you're going to be staying there anyway. Yeah, yeah, so since we can just go back to the hotel, we don't yeah. have to worry. But um, we went to this spot in Charlotte called The Fig Tree. It was amazing food. And it was in an old house. Like it's in a bungalow. Interesting. And it's a... Uh, you know, fancy. The menu changes all the time. The waitress there gave us the best like wine and food pairing recommendations. She was amazing. So, so I also went to Charlotte, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. Okay. Well, on the way back through and ate at a place called Hawker's. Have you ever heard of that? No. It was like an Asian fusion kind of like street food place. Ooh. Oh my gosh. It was so good. How do you spell it? Hawkers, H-A-W-K-E-R-S. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My good friend Meg recommended it. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That sounds amazing. So yeah. I'll, next time I'm in Charlotte, which I noted, I technically yeah. about, go back to Charlotte quite a bit. Yeah. Well, so, we are excited um, to get into our show today. Um, we have an excellent guest. Uh, Rachel Johnson, president of Forge Construction, is here to talk with us. Um, and it was just an amazing show. What do you think? I really love Rachel. I've really enjoyed whenever I get to talk with her, but it was really fun to hear about her story. Did not realize she started in D.C., did not realize she went from just kind of, she said she fell into construction by accident, started as an executive assistant and worked her way all the way up to now being president of this company. Yeah, which, that's amazing. Like, you don't hear that happening that often. Right. So she is someone who has a lot of drive and a lot of uh, also really good stability in areas. I felt like she is very solid and yeah. has good grounding principles. Like she's thought, she's very intentional. She's thought a lot about what she's doing and what she's trying to grow and, and acts, you know, in that, yeah. that way. And again, not to give away the whole show, but she, I, my favorite takeaway is really her biggest takeaway is courage over comfort. And she talked about that several times. Yeah. You guys had to, to listen to that, that segment of the show that, that was huge. I mean, if you could just take that one step towards doing something uncomfortable, like it's amazing where you could end up and, and, and it's a lot of things that you would have never even guessed that you, you could get there kind of thing. Yeah. Like would, or the opportunities would present themselves. I mean, it's a great advice for you and I today as we're thinking through things, but also for someone just starting out in the industry. So I really yeah. appreciated that. Absolutely. Well, we hope you guys um, enjoy it as much as we did and let's bring her in. 
All right, Rachel. Well, we are so excited to, to chat with you today. I'm glad we finally got it booked. We had a few reschedules. Yep. Um, but so let's start off from the beginning. Um, tell us your story. How did you get involved in commercial real estate? Really by accident. Um, I thought I was going to go to law school. In college, I was in the business school uh, with a concentration in law and finance. And um, after college, I went and worked for Wilmer Hale, a big firm um, in Boston for two years. And I was like, what am I doing? Um, I don't like billable hours. <laughs> um, this is not the lifestyle I want. So I moved back home to the D.C. area and um, found a job in commercial real estate as an executive assistant and worked my way up in the company. Um, I just really loved everything about construction. Growing up, I did Habitat for Humanity. Um, I just love seeing the transformation piece of it. And um, like I said, I just worked my way up and really enjoyed it. And here I am today. Wow. So how, what did that look like? Like how long did it take you and, and what were the kind of transition points moving up? Yeah, I started in 2007 as an executive assistant um, for a general contractor and um, moved into an APM role and then a PM role and then VP of operations. Um, that was in the DC market. I also lived in Tampa for a year uh, managing that branch office. And then I moved back to DC for a couple of years, moved to Greenville in 2012, and then did residential construction for three years, decided I wanted to get back into commercial construction. And then um, that was 2017. And here I am. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, when I think about it, like the the transition from EA to assistant project manager. Mm -hmm. So was that something that you asked for or was that something that because of who you were and how you were working, they brought to you? Yes, that was something that was offered to me um, because in the EA role, I kind of saw all aspects of the company, everything from contract administration to bid administration. I really had my hands in a lot of pieces of, of the projects. Um, and I was just able to work my way up, you know, quicker than usual because I got to see all those aspects. Um, so something that I was excited about and wanted to try and it just worked out for me. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Amazing. So did you have like a, I mean, I guess that whole, that that's a big transition, mm -hmm. you know, in, in learning a whole lot. Did you have someone like a superintendent or a project manager that was kind of showing you the ropes and, and pointing out like sequencing of construction and, you know, just trying to explain like the natural way of doing things like that would make sense construction wise. Yeah, I did. I had several people. I was very fortunate because um, I was, you know, in my early twenties then knew very little about <laughs> construction. Um, so I had some older superintendents who just kind of took me under their wings. I'm still in touch with them to this day. Um, and then as well as some of the executives at the company who just took me under their wings as well and and taught me. Um, but I also did a lot of research and learning on my own. You know, I'm a huge proponent of you just got to read everything that's put in front of you. Every email that comes through, you really got to read it. And, 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 you know, I just I dove into the drawings and just after a while of seeing drawing after drawing and just reading every single note literally on those plans, you just start to pick up on it and it all starts to click and make sense and I spent a lot of time in the field as well, and I think that's one of the greatest ways to learn this industry is just seeing it because um, it's actually done a lot differently in the field sometimes than it is on paper. Mm -hmm. um, so the combination of all of those really, you know, set me up for success, I think. Yeah. So what were your thoughts when you um, transitioned to residential? 
Was that just kind of a market condition at the time that you needed to do that? Or were you yeah. like, oh, I'll, I'll give this a shot and see what it's like? I was kind of burned out from commercial because it's so stressful in terms of the schedules and it's so fast paced that I was like, oh, I'll try residential. You know, that sounds fun. I've always had a love for interior design. So mm-hmm. thought I would give that a go. Um, but then, you know, there are pros and cons to both residential and commercial. Um, you know, residential side of things, you're dealing with the homeowners that can be very needy and very demanding. And um, after a while, I decide, you know what, I want to get back into commercial. <laughs> with the business rather than That's the right. Yeah. yeah. So I went back to work for the company that I was with um, prior to moving to Greenville. Yeah. So w- what is the day? So now you are president mm-hmm. of Forge Construction here in Greenville. What does a day in your life look like? No such thing as a typical day, which is what I think I like about the job. I'm not a desk person. I don't like to just, you know, go from nine to five and know exactly what my day is going to be like. Um, But, you know, anything from pre-bid meetings to going on site to check on jobs to, um, you know, meeting with the employees, um, you know, every day is literally different. and, Mm -hmm. And I love that part of it. Do you still handle a lot of like, are there a lot of projects that you still have assigned to you? Or are you really looking out for the overall company structure, company organization? We're currently in the transition period right now. So I was overseeing all of the projects. Um, but now that we've added some great team members, I'm, tr- I'm in the process of transitioning that. So um, I'd love to, while I love the project management piece of that, I would love to be able to, you know, hand that off entirely to to my staff um, and then get more involved in the operations piece of it, which is where we're heading right now. Right. That's awesome to be mm-hmm. able to kind of move from a, a working to a strategic. Yes. And yeah, be that's able very to important. Inspire and lead. Exactly. So being, you know, I'm in that same transition as well. Mm-hmm. Being a business owner of a small company, how have you transitioned or set yourself up to make that transition? Is it hiring key personnel and, and just making sure you have the, the backlog to fill that? It is. Yeah. Okay. You know, key personnel is, is just is so important. And as I'm sure you all know, it's very hard to find not only people, but good people. Um, and I've been very patient, um, almost to a fault um, <laughs> in looking for those people, because it's just I think it's so important to find the right people and not just fill a position for the sake of filling a position and having a body there. It's got to be somebody who fits the corporate culture, who somebody believes in your values and, you know, sees the direction of the company the way you want them to. Um, so we've recently added some people to our team, um, have moved people into the APM role, and then the plan is to move them into the PM role so I can completely be in an oversight position at that mm-hmm. point. But the personnel are just the key to the success of the company. Yeah. Right. How do you, you know, what are you looking for? Like, do you have certain priorities? And when you talk about corporate culture, are there certain characteristics that you're looking for because obviously they need to be skilled Mm -hmm. but then you're also looking like you said for someone to match that corporate culture so what are those things about your corporate culture that you're trying to match Mm -hmm. yeah so we operate with the utmost honesty and integrity which you know general contractors don't necessarily have that reputation unfortunately Um, but we're always going to do the right thing even if it costs us money Um, and I'm looking for people who are going to operate that same day we all want to sleep well at night we're all going to do the right thing in, in the decisions that we have to make, um, even though they're difficult decisions at times. Um, people who want to grow with the company, I'm not looking for people who are necessarily just want to come and, you know, come in at eight o'clock and leave at five o'clock, get their work done and just, you know, 
stay in that same role. I want people who are ambitious, who are going to, who want to move up in the company. And then um, for me, I, I want to, you know, work with those people to cultivate those opportunities for them. When you were working to go back a little bit on the APM PM side as a woman on like a project site, did you ever feel like you had to prove something different or were you, did you feel like you knew enough, right? Like you'd done all your reading, you'd looked at all the sketches, you've been on site enough. Did you ever have any like imposter syndrome out there? Absolutely. I did. Um, I was fortunate in that I never received any negative feedback to my face. You know, I'm sure those things were said behind my back when I left. But I think for me that I always took the humble approach whenever I went out to to a site where I knew that I didn't know what I was talking about. I just sat back and I listened. And if somebody asked me a question, I would be honest and say, you know, I don't know the answer, but I'd be more than happy to get it for you. And, and that's how, what I teach my team as well. You know, there's some people who feel a little bit uncomfortable and moving up in their roles. And I say, it's okay. Like, you're not expected to know everything in this role. Um, but what you do need to do is understand when you don't know something and be honest about it and then go find the answer and get back to the person. Um, so while it was difficult, um, I think just having that humble mindset put me in a good position to just kind of sit back, absorb it all. And um, over time, I, I learned it and when it's, it's, I mean, I, my boss tells me all the time and we talk about it, how you have to kind of lead with curiosity and have that idea of, I don't know everything. And how could I walk into a meeting with a solution if I haven't heard from that person what their problem is? Mm-hmm. So being able to, like you said, have that humble approach, sit back is such a, an amazing thing to have as you go into new situations because it does make things a little less scary. I found. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No one's perfect. You know, you're just, right. there's, you're just not going to know everything. Even if you've been in the industry for 20 years, there's still mm-hmm. going to be stuff that you don't know. Yeah, true. Um, so I like that lead with curiosity. Mm-hmm. I like that. So, um, so what would you say right now is the most challenging part of your job? And then what's the most rewarding? Most challenging is managing expectations. As I'm sure, you know, Chesley, um, you know, people have very tight timelines that they're trying to meet, um, budget constraints, and just managing the combination of the two and, you know, not setting anybody up for failure and being honest about when you can get pricing to people, when you can turn over a project to people, what they're realistically looking at in terms of costs. Um, you know, cost and schedule are the two most important things aside from quality to our clients and just being able to not um, overpromise is, is very important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what's most rewarding, I would just say seeing that transformation uh, is something that I've always loved about this, to be able to, you know, take a shell space uh, or an old abandoned building and completely transform it because it not only creates a new space for the community, but, you know, it, it does so much beyond beyond that. Um, and that's very rewarding to me. So I know we know, but let's just say for our guests, um, what, what type of construction work does Forge do? So right now we're primarily doing interior outfits, retail, restaurant, general office space, medical, financial. Um, we do small to medium sized ground up as well. So what do you see like the next five years looking like for you? In terms of for our company, I, I foresee, you know, a lot of growth, adding more staff. Um, we definitely want to get more into the ground up work as well. While we love the interior outfits, um, we've been doing that primarily because there's the opportunities that have been coming our way. Because there have been a lot of vacancies in the market, people are finding it more cost-effective to first 
buy those already existing spaces and upfitting those. But now that those properties are getting, you know, gobbled up more quickly, um, while land is also not abundant, um, we're seeing more and more ground up opportunities. So that's what I think we'll be seeing more in the next five years. And we're excited about that. Are there sectors that you feel like are more prone to ground up that that might be better positioned to do that? Like are, are are some that are doing it more so than others? No, I, you know, I I thought that that we would start seeing trends, but we're Mm -hmm. really not seeing trends. It's really just based on, you know, what's available in the market right now and and what those um, properties cost is is really just just what's driving everybody's decision. Yeah. So as you think about the development of the business and the growth, how much are you involved in that? Do you have anyone on staff that helps you with like the marketing and how are you getting New clients. Are you getting a lot of repeat clients or are you out in the market still looking for new ones? Yeah. So we're fortunate to have a great director of business development um, who spends 100% of his time out there doing the marketing and, and bringing in clients. But for us, word of mouth is has been so wonderful for us. You know, we, I, I tell all of our employees that even though you're not in a business development position, you really are because everything that you do on a daily basis impacts that next job, you know, whether they want to work with you or not. Um, so we've been fortunate that we get a lot of work through word of mouth. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so do you have a mentor? I know we talked about some of the people that helped you early on, but as I think about now, you obviously branched out into Ford, which was probably a big, was that actually, was that a big jump for you? Or was that a pretty like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I should do next? No, it was a huge jump and it's still an adjustment for me. Um, So we were a branch office to a a parent company and we broke off from that parent company um, just last year and rebranded. And that's when I became president of the company. And that's a huge adjustment. Um, It still is a huge adjustment for me. Um, I do have mentors um, who have helped me through that transition. I would say, you know, not one particular mentor who I, you know, always go to. I think mentorship gets a lot of uh, talk these days. And while I think it's great to have a mentor, I think it's also great to have kind of like a council of advisors because mm-hmm. you really need to get multiple opinions, I think, in making big decisions. And um, especially, you know, when you're when you're leading a company, the the saying goes, you know, it's lonely at the top, and and I think that's so true because you feel like you're at the top. You have some things that you want to talk to people about. You can't talk to them about other employees because it impacts the business. Um, but you need other people who are also in a similar position to you that you can talk to and be like, hey, you know, what are you seeing? You know, how have you dealt with something like this in your business? And um, I, I think while it's great to have a mentor. It's also great to have that counsel that you can really rely on, bounce those ideas off of, and get multiple opinions to make the right decision. Yeah. How have you found those people? Um, through through business, um, really, and you know, just friends who I've known over the years. Um, probably the the two yeah. biggest. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? You know, are you calling them up? whenever needed and hey can you go get coffee that kind of thing or is it just like a regularly scheduled thing like is it more structured or what do you think no it's not structured at all it's really like when something comes up it's yeah. like even just shooting a text message be like hey have you dealt with this before mm-hmm. how would you handle this what are your thoughts on this um i also did recently um engage a whether you want to call it a success coach or mm-hmm. you know 
life coach. Um, that's something that has been really great for me as well. It's somebody who I I met through NAWIC, which is the National Association of Women in Construction, which is a group that I'm part of. Um, she was a speaker there, and and that's been really good for me as well. Um, I'm uh, awesome. Yeah. So, I, I love all the self-help. I love learning about yeah, all that. Yeah, agreed. Um, agreed. So she's been really good about, you know, it's just the little things that you have to do in your life to to make a big impact. And it's the constant reminders of what those little things are that, that really change yeah. how you operate. Yeah, I found it's like, if nothing else, it's time to sit down and think about it. Because exactly. I think that's what I struggle with is that I'm going and going and going. And then all of a sudden I'm like, is this the path that I wanted to be on? Did I set myself up? And a lot of times it's because maybe a year or two ago I did sit down and think about some overall characteristics of what I wanted my life to look like in the next five years. And it's actually is where I want to be based on some decisions that I've made. But it it's that time to sit down and have someone ask the right questions exactly. so that you can think about it. Yeah. Taking that time is so important. I felt like I was you know, just turning into a robot. And I would get up every morning and I was doing the same thing and going through the motions, accepting calendar invites that I was like, you know, what am I doing? I don't need to be in mm-hmm. this meeting. You know, you got to know when to say no and you, yeah. you got to keep your eye on 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 your goals um, and not get distracted from those. Yeah. So how, you know, saying no to that, I mean, was that difficult or was it like, d- did you look at it as like assigning an opportunity to to someone else in the company? Saying no to saying no to stuff that you knew that it wasn't the best use of your time. Yeah, so to say it's something I still struggle with. Yeah, um, because I like you know I feel like part of me as president I need to have a hand in in a lot of the things that are going on there, and also having new staff you know who are still being trained who are start, still learning the ways that I need to play a role to make sure you know they're doing it the way that I want the company mm-hmm. to be operating. Um, so, yeah, I, I think probably for the rest of the, this year, there's probably still going to be a, a good bit of oversight there and, and handholding. But I'm hoping um, in 2023 that I can let a lot of that go and be able to say a lot, no, confidently no to a lot more things and delegate more. Yeah. It is, I mean, that's just a huge thing with being able to grow and delegate mm-hmm. and finding that correct balance of I, I need to hold their hand at some point, then I need to let them try and fail at some point. Exactly. But I have to be able to check in enough that, you know, you know that your vision is being carried out, mm-hmm. uh, which is that I think is just for me, the hardest part of growing. Absolutely. In a me too. Higher. Because yeah. I, I either I run to extremes. I'm always like either like, oh, I think they got it. Yes. And you never want people to feel like, you're not there for them and that, you know, you're just throwing them to the wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I, I look back in my career and I'm like, gosh, those were some of the best experiences for me. And that's how I learned the most when yes. I was literally just yes. thrown out there and, you know, told to figure it out. Right. I think it also helps. They have to build the communication, right? You have to mm-hmm. feel confident that if they get in trouble or if they feel like they're veering off the path, that they will come and that they know they have a place to go. I think that was always my biggest pushing point for when we'd have new staff come in or I'd have seniors taking over jobs was to push on them and say, I can't be touching base with you every couple hours. You have to tell me when something is wrong. Exactly. Yes. Or you don't know something and you need me to fill in the blank, like to keep you going. Like, yeah. Which I mean, and I have been on the other side, right? Mm -hmm. As a staff or senior and you're like, sure, hundred percent. Yes, I will do that. (laughs) And then you're like, I moved this project forward. I have to go talk right. to somebody. 
Yep. Yes. Uh, and talking with our staff, um, too, I think that's something that they appreciate the most is giving those opportunities to have a little bit of independence and not feel like they're being like micromanaged. And, you know, so, I, you know, it goes both ways. I think it's good for everyone. Mm-hmm. So. I agree. Mm. So how many project managers do you have on staff? There are three of us right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's still like a good number, I feel like. Um, okay. What advice would you have for someone that's interested in commercial real estate? Or construction. Yeah, so much. I think just advice in general to anybody um, and is something that I'm working on to this day is like you have to tr- choose courage over comfort when you're making decisions. And, you know, that's why I'm here with you all today. Like this is I'm an <laughs> introvert sitting here with you all talking about myself is completely uncomfortable for me. Um, but I, I think it's so important that you're not going to grow in your career in life in general, if you just sit back and do what's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so go out there, accept every meeting opportunity that you can get. You'll be so surprised. I think some of the th- things that I've gotten out of meetings are from the meetings where I'm going into there, like dreading it. I'm like, why am I going to this meeting? Like, like there's nothing possible that can come out of this meeting that's like going to be beneficial to me. And those are the meetings that I often walk away from. And I'm like, wow, I am so glad that I accepted that meeting um, with this person. I didn't even know. I thought we had nothing in common, mm-hmm. especially being in a small market like this. Like mm-hmm. everybody is somehow connected and, yeah. and knows somebody that you know. Um, so I would say accept every meeting, be curious, choose courage over comfort, and really just go out there. Courage Put over comfort is such a big deal yeah. because yeah. it's it's really scary the first time you're trying that new stuff maybe the first like seven times you're trying new stuff yeah yeah I mean I still to this day like networking is just not something that's comfortable for me like I said I'm an introvert um and it's just not something I like to do but it's so so important not only in commercial real estate but in any position I found that especially in crew I think Mm -hmm. when especially when I first started in crew I was so grateful that they made me treasure right away yeah. because then I felt like I had a purpose, at least being in those networking situations where mm-hmm. before I'd walk into a networking event and just be like, who do I talk to? Right. What do I do? What do they want from me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just go home, please? Yes, absolutely. But it was so helpful to, yeah, that was a, a like to, I think within my first three meetings of crew, I was on the board and that was scary. And I was like, I shouldn't be on the board. But it was the best thing for me and I learned so much and mm-hmm. it was yeah. the best growing yeah, point for me. I find that like I have self, um, like, it, I, for, I don't know what the right term for it. I just don't think that things are going to happen, you know, like it's just like, I'm like, oh, there's You're a pessimist? Yeah, like <laughs> you, you just make these generalizing conclusions that are not true. Uh, like, right. for instance, like if I was going to buy like a, a rental property or something like that, like, oh, there's not deals out there. Well, it's like, have you really looked? Have you like done mm-hmm. the work to get it? And so it's like, once you actually have the courage to start doing the work and like getting out there, then all of a sudden these opportunities start opening up and you're like, oh, well, I, yes, actually there, there are mm-hmm. deals out there. And, and it's like just taking that, that one step opens up more steps from there. And then, you know, you keep going, it's, it's further from there. Um, so I, I think that's so true. I think yeah. I've said it on the podcast before, but I used to tell all my staff that your comfort zone is here and you don't have to widen your comfort zone by taking something out here you take it by pushing it out one step. Exactly. And you yeah. do that one courageous thing that's mm-hmm. just one step. And then slowly your comfort zone is so much bigger than you thought it could ever be by just continually taking that one extra step. And that helped them get to where they could 
you know, be a senior on a job and run, yeah, run their own clients. Definitely. So was that the, you being an introvert, was that the motivation behind hiring a director of business development so that you didn't have to do that and you could Not let someone necessarily. else? Okay. It's still something that, you know, once I get out of the the PM role is something that I'm going to be getting more into. Um, okay. It was more time constraints than anything. Um but sure, there was also that piece of it. I was like, this is not what I want to do 100% of my time. Um, but I think for those people who are who are like me, an introvert and not comfortable in those networking position, I think it's so powerful to have a buddy um, yeah. when you're starting out. You know, find a friend who also is uncomfortable or even better, find a friend who is very comfortable <laughs> and, and outgoing and go to these events with them and they'll start introducing you to people. And the more people you start to meet, you'll start to see them over and over again and you'll start to feel more comfortable attending mm-hmm. by yourself. Yeah. For sure. Now it's at a point with, with crew meetings. Like, I feel like it's just like hanging out with friends yes. because you've gone so much, you know, <laughs> like, know. exactly. I, I have to challenge myself to remember to find a person that is less connected with crew and yeah. then be the person that is outgoing and introduce them Yeah, because now I do know all these people. So it's that like, oh, I remember being here. Let me drag these people up and introduce them and make them feel more comfortable because it's such a great group of it is. It really is. Yeah, it really is. So. Yeah. Were you my crew buddy originally? Or did we just get coffee when we were having a crew buddy? Yes. Or was I your crew buddy? Yes, you were my crew buddy. (laughs) Yes, in the very beginning. Yes, we met at at the West End. I do remember that. Yeah. Yep. Nice. I know. Does West End Coffee still around? But we met at, um, what was the... That's it was, was a village, grind, village grind, but when they were in a different right. building or yes. in a different space. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember that. The West End has grown up so much. Mm-hmm. Are yeah, you guys doing amazing. any projects in the West End? We are not currently, no. Right. We're, we're very there. close by. We have four projects kind of on the Augusta South Main. That's right. Yeah. I knew I had seen their sign somewhere around. Yes. So it's always exciting. I love running around Greenville and seeing different construction companies that I know people and yeah. like, yeah, look at what they do. I know, I know. I love it. I'll get text messages from people. They're like, oh, I just saw your side. So it's great. Yeah. yeah. I wish I could put up a sign. Do we do the accounting here? <laughs> hey, you well, can start it. Social, social media is like a virtual sign. True. It's true. Could you post like, hey, I don't know. we just did well, shelters, back, accounting or whatever. Yeah, back yeah. when I was in audit, I think it was a little more hush-hush. Like I could still talk about it, but... It wasn't, but now that we're, now that I'm on the cast side, probably different. I'll bring it up with my boss when I'm in DC tomorrow with her. Yeah. So, so let's, let's talk, speaking of social media, let's talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Do you, does your business development person handle that? He does. And he's excellent at it. Oh my gosh. Thank goodness. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> that's God. not my strength at all. I'm not on social media personally. So to do it for business is hard. Like we are strictly LinkedIn. Um, we don't do Instagram or Facebook yeah. or anything LinkedIn like that. LinkedIn is a good spot, though. I, it is. To post yeah. articles and things in the well, industry professional. Mm-hmm. is professional. I was talking to someone yesterday. They're going to Peru on, like, a missions trip situation. And they're going to have to, like, camp in the jungle for, like, two days. And they'll be in a canoe. And he was like, yeah, I'm just calling it our our road trip and then our boat tour. I was like, those are like the LinkedIn versions for what you're actually about to be doing, like backpacking. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like clean and professional sounding. <laughs> right. It just sounds like, oh, I just cleaned it up and yeah. that's, I'll put it on my resume. Yeah. <laughs> so do you know if he has like a system of posting like every couple of days? We do. Like that? Yeah. It's typically two posts a week that we try to do right. um, project related or, you know, things that we're doing out in the community. Yeah. Need to go talk with him. Yeah, he's very good about it. Yes. (laughs) 
Speaking of, we played golf um, the other week. Do you play? I try to play. I have clubs and okay. I will go out there and play. Yes. Okay. We have found so... I saw so... you at the, uh, the chamber yeah. the not too yes. long ago. Yeah. I got to get back out. I need... I haven't golfed like After since the that three event. Weeks are up, then. After my three weeks of traveling, then I'll get back out. Yeah. Of course. But Chesley's like so far ahead of me now, our coach... <laughs> <laughs> this is really a hard time with her. And every time he texts me, he's like, Chesley was here and you haven't been here in months. <laughs> so he's good at that. No motivation. But yeah. yeah, you should come golf with us. Yeah. I would love that. It would be yeah. super fun. That would we'll be great. Awesome. Cool. So what's the best advice you've ever received? Mm. I mean, really going back to that choosing courage over comfort. I really come back to that every single day and yeah. to be curious. I mean, you have to be curious in everything that you do because that's the only way that you're going to learn and that you're going to grow and put yourself out there. They seem so simplistic, but they're so powerful in changing the trajectory of your life and your career. And it's so true. And when I just think about, you think about tech and the way the world is changing and you think about things like COVID is something we never could have predicted. Mm -hmm. There are going to be things in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years that none of us could have sat at this table and predicted. But if you have those core tenets of like courage over comfort and staying curious, you can adapt with those changes and not feel like you're getting left behind. Exactly. Which I think is really important. So, yep. All right. Rapid fire question. Yeah. We're ready for the fun stuff. All right. right. Um, what do you like to do for fun other than travel to Maine? Yes. I just got back from Maine. Um, I recently picked up pickleball. It's so fun. So fun. Yes. I've never played. I've heard everyone loves pickleball. Yes. My parents have been playing for years. They literally play every single day. (laughs) Um, And I was like, no, I resisted. I'm going to stick with tennis. I'm a tennis player. And in May, I got out there. And it's so much fun. And um, logistically, it's just so much easier than tennis because you don't (laughs) need to, you know, get your tennis buddies together and then reserve a court and go out there. You literally get a paddle and you show up at the courts and you stack your paddle and they grab the next four paddles and you go out with... You know, three mm-hmm. new friends and oh, interesting. It, it's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. It is a little less, um, less barrier to entry yes. than tennis, I feel like. Definitely. And when I play tennis, I hit myself in the face with the ball somehow. <laughs> but <know>. pickleball, <laughs> I, I am like functional. I'm not. Yeah. There's not a lot of hand-eye coordination here. <laughs> is it a shorter court too? Like it is. That like front, it is. Front shorter court, like less aggressive ball. Mm-hmm. The paddles are smaller. You don't, when I swing a tennis racket, I feel like a. I've got I like know, something like going six for the feet kill. foot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a good, and, and you can get a paddle for like 30 bucks. Yeah. Okay. So maybe after golf, you guys. Yeah. Let's all go play. Ball. Yeah. Pick yes. a ball. Okay. I haven't. be very novice. With well, I am also. <laughs> yeah. I think I've played like five or six times. Yeah. I just enrolled in my first league. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. The city's putting on a league. So I. That's exciting. My, my dad is my partner. We're going to go <laughs> oh, out there. He's awesome. very good. So he's making me play up at a higher level. So. Oh, wow. We will see how that goes. I love that. Starts tomorrow night. (laughs) All right. What is or where is your favorite place to travel? I kind of have a rule that I don't like to go back to the same place because there's so many great places to see. Um, I say that as I just got back from Maine and I go there every summer. (laughs) But um, I love to go to Turks and Caicos. Um, It's just the most beautiful water and beaches and Quick two-hour flight from Atlanta. Oh, that's not bad. I know. Okay, I, I have to, to tell people down. that because <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna blow up. That's right. She um, meant somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. But okay. that's a great place to go. That's okay. awesome. I've never been. All right, neither have I. But I love beaches. Yeah, um, same. Favorite book or podcast? 
I like to read. I just don't have a lot of time to these mm-hmm. days. Podcasts, I'm really into just like the business self-help right now. I always find myself going to back to uh, nine to five-ish with The Skim. I love The Skim. Really? Carly okay. and Danielle. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, they have great guests on there who, um, you know, talk about their career path, um, how they got where they are today. Um, I just, I just love it. Really cool. interesting. Yeah. Add it to the list. I will. Um, favorite, or current TV show that you are binge watching? Also not a TV watcher. Um, I'm <laughs> always having to be doing something. I have trouble sitting still. Um, however, COVID has gotten me down a couple times. So I had some time, kind of embar- embarrassed to admit this, but uh, Selling Sunset on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> it's really watched. Yeah. I love it's it. It's addicting. Yeah. Like yep. a good reality TV show. Yep. And also you can miss a couple, like you can go do something and not feel like you missed a whole plot line. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Maybe you missed the selling of a house. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. And what is your, this is our favorite question. What's your favorite restaurant in Greenville, South Carolina? And what do you get there? I love Trattoria Giorgio on Main Street. I think oh. that's kind of a hidden gem here in town. Um, love their salmon bow tie pasta that they no longer have on the menu, but you can still get it sometimes. Ooh, <laughs> a secret menu yeah. item. Yeah. <laughs> we love a good secret menu. Okay. I actually haven't been there and I need oh, really? to. Yeah. I pass Not it all it. the time, obviously. Yeah. I live downtown. Are they but... open for lunch? I always go there for dinner. Um, to, I, I don't know, know that they're open. For yeah. Lunch. I don't think they are. I think they're a very. Like, and it's a very limited. Yeah. Limited. I think it's only maybe Wednesday through Saturday. Oh. Or Tuesday through Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I shouldn't say for sure, but yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah, good to know. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciated talking to you. Thank yeah. you. It was a lot of fun. I'm Thanks glad you came me. and did this podcast. Know, and it wasn't too. even though it wasn't your thing. That's right. Yeah. Yes, I chose courage over comfort today. Yeah. yeah, and it all worked out fine. That's right. <laughs> yes. Thank you all. It was so much fun. Thanks for coming. The Candily Crew Podcast is sponsored by Truist. Truist is proud to be the 2022 Marble Sponsor for Crew Upstate and the sponsor of this podcast series. Truist teammates are driven by a common purpose to inspire and build better lives and communities. They strive every day to make things better for their clients, teammates, and stakeholders. Truist envisions a world with equal access to economic opportunities. Truist proudly supports the mission of Crew to transform the commercial real estate industry by advancing women globally. Crew Upstate's truest contact is Michelle Dodge, SVP. She can be reached at michelle.dodge at truest.com.